0: Self-centeredness will claim its own absence. That's what it does. Yeah. So, when you're in that water, seemingly, and everything's happening, when you come out of the water, you're busily—the mind busily claiming that it's the one that did that and making up a story. And now, if it makes up the story long enough, you'll become a surfer, or you'll become a kite surfer, or a windsurfer. Yeah. And that'll be just one thing you, you are. And then, when you're that, it. it, it it activates all of these other ideas that you're not aware of about you. See? If you claim one you, the you, all the you's that you're not, all those conditionings, all those old ideas, start influencing that you that you're identified as. Yes? So it says, oh, what's the point? It's great to be a surfer. Yeah, it's great to be a surfer, but when there's an identification as a surfer, you also suck up a lot of other identification you're not aware of. So you may be identified with that you're a loser or that you're never going to be loved and this and that. So you can't singularly, oh, I want to be identified with this, but not any of that. No. The act of identifying as a self brings a lot of old ideas into play and they become incredible influences in your day-to-day life. They're like weather fronts. You're not even aware of them. It's not like a cloud comes into a clear sky. It's like living in Brooklyn in the winter. Where there's just this, this, this gray every day for months, yeah? You can't see any singular cloud, it's just a weather front, yeah? That's sort of what it like becomes in a sense. You have all these phantoms that are having their say in what you call your day. So, the, uh, like we talk, some of us here are from recovery, and a lot of people describe the root of the trouble in recovery is that Everyone's obsessed with self. You know? Everyone is into this I, me, mine. And, e, my. and uh, I humbly don't believe that to be the case. So it's, a, it's, to me, it's an identification of self that's already in place. You know? When something happens and there's a huge, strong, strong feeling that's happened to you, that's the product of selfing. It's produced the goods. The selfing is like this narration all day when you're plugged into K. Paul or K. Corey, you know. All day, the is about you. That you, that feeling of being you when something happens, is the product of selfing. Selfing produces that feeling. It can't produce a self, but it can produce a feeling of being a self. Yeah. It cannot produce a self. Selfing cannot create a self, but it can imply that there is a self. Yeah. So when life is seen from the point of view of being a self, instead of seeing life as hap- what's happening, it's always to me has this huge sucking sound that everything is seen as how it pertains to you. And it is so overwhelming. You may get little glimpses of certain points, but the whole, the size of it is unbelievable. How incredibly sucking it is from this point of view of self-centeredness. You're just sucking everything into how it pertains to you. Yeah. There's no effort involved. The effort's already been done. Yeah, You're just at the effects now. And so, obviously, this sucking in starts producing a sense of irritability, restlessness, and discontent, and what are you going to do? You're going to seek relief from what's producing that those effects, but you go to what's producing the effects for the solution to it. That's the dilemma, yeah? So you go to the problem to ask for a solution to the problem's effects. (laughs) So its solutions produce more effects that you would call problems, yeah? (laughs) <laughs> and it's a never-ending thing, because self can't get out of self. So if, there's, if the identification of self's in place, yeah, all the getting out of self from there is a form of being in self. You cannot get out of self as a self, because it's, there isn't a self to get out of. It's just a product of a mental process. The mental process is a verb that's producing the sense of being a self. So, to try to get out of something that's imaginary would be making it real, wouldn't it? If you're attempting to get out of something that's imaginary all day, then that getting out of something imaginary would become a real experience for you. Yeah. So it's totally the opposite of what you think. So a lot of people who are trying to get out of self are really seemingly in self. When, you, when there's a giving up of any need to be liberated, that's being out of self. The last place I wanted to be is the solution, in a sense. Because I was never in the place I thought I was. I was in a mental realm about here and now. But that here and now, up here, had been bastardized, and it was there and then, you know? Tons of old ideas and fears about what's going to happen to me because I surely deserve punishment. (laughs) Up there, up there I've been convicted a long time ago. And I don't care how much therapy I get, I'm never going to be let off the hook. No fucking way. There's just no way. (laughs) They have like 80 airtight cases against me up there. Every time I keep going back to the same court, I'm going to get my sentences even going to get lengthened. You know what I mean? <laughs> I'm throwing myself at the mercy of that court. That court has no mercy. Has none whatsoever. Yeah. When you were a kid and you did something and you felt it was really wrong, you will never be let off that hook. Never. You have to let that court case be brought to another court. You know, like for me, it's like a court of life, let's say, or a vertical Not this horizontal court, but a vertical court. And in in that place, there's freedom. Yes? But there's no freedom here. There's just different, like, it's sort of like the hell you're in, you may move to another part of hell which is one degree cooler. (laughs) I mean, and it seems like it's been a huge leap, but basically you're still in hell in a sense. It's like thinking, you're out of the insane asylum, or you will because you're next to the exit door. <laughs> I'm close to I'm close to getting out of here. That exit is just another a part of the insane asylum. Yeah? Every exit, every escape hatch, every plan has no intention of taking us out of this place. Yeah? Trying to get out of this place is what makes this place real. Yeah. Seriously. We're working super hard by trying to get out of here and we're making it as real as real can be. If you could just give up and see. And the point is, I could never give up. Because this thing called self gives up and then doesn't give up. Because it's binary system. It's a dualistic system. It can't escape one side of the coin and only live on the other side of the coin. Every side of every, there's always two sides of every coin here. No matter how many times you try to cut it, there'll still be two sides. So this thing being convinced will be unconvinced in ten minutes. I've seen people so thoroughly convinced they were fucked, and then you see them an hour later and they think they got it going on. (laughs) I swear to God. So, wasting your time here trying to convince what cannot be thoroughly convinced. It can be convinced and unconvinced. That's all it can do. It's binary, like we were talking about the other day, and it's so... It's like, here's life, here's the seeing, the seeing, and there's this windshield, yes? So you're seeing right through the windshield. What the mind itself is attracted to is the windshield wipers. Boom, 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 boom. And you never see a windshield wipe It it goes boom. It goes boom. Just like tick always leads to a top, right? There's never a tick, and then no top. There's tick, top, tick, top, yes? Yes, no, close, far, connected, disconnected. So here's this incredible panoramic vision of seeing, and yet our mental attention and interest is on this. And it blinds us, because the seeing's available, but that movement is like a trance. You know, like they do in the old movies, where they get the little ball, and they watch the ball. So you just go, eh? this is all about duality. This is like the hypnotism of the mind. A dualistic hypnotism. Oh, you follow it this way. Oh, I felt really great at that time. Obviously not now. And then, boom, I'm really afraid I'll feel terrible later. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the trance. But this is about, uh, for me, it was just seeing that I'm not that, the center of the system called self-centered, yeah? I've had enough display about the effects of self-centeredness, I've had plenty to last, yeah? But the dilemma was, wasn't trying to manage those effects, but to see that there is no center of that system, I am not a long-lasting, independent, separate self- entity. I don't know what the hell I am, but I know I'm not that. When that got weakened, my my immunity to the effects got much stronger. Yes. So I knew it by the results, basically. I end because I had entertained it like obsession with self, I had been cast into that spiritual wrestling match. All so right, I'm going to wrestle the self and try to get over myself as a self. It's unbelievable. So let's say you sign up for a two-year course on how to get out of self-obsession. Isn't that self-obsession? <laughs> it would be, yeah. You can't get out. There's no place where you get out of self as a self. Everything you do as a self is in self. You know, in the system. You know? So I heard this message, and then when I started to think, hey, maybe I'm not that, whatever that may be, because there is no that. It's an activity. And that's what I came to learn. The fact that my mind was trying to make stable and stagnant and a fixed reference, I finally saw it as it's just shifting. It's just streaming. It's just mind streaming. There's a verb and only a verb. And all there is is verbing. There is no noun. The mental process makes up a story about life and puts nouns in it. This is happening to me and I did that and you did this. Yes? But in fact, the real sense of living is verbing constant verbing and there's no noun to be found. So as soon as there was like, my mind opened up to the possibility, it was like a lens, and the lens, not knowing it, had been fixed in this view of self-centeredness. Yeah? And then I heard this message, and everything else was more about polishing this, thinking if I could just see better, it would be, it would be I'd be able to recognize the truth. No, 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 no. Because when I entered I'm not that. The lens just went opened up, and then I realized, aha, yeah. The selfing is is what what blocked the aperture. So all I was doing is trying to change ways of looking—Buddhism, this way of looking, different forms of looking—with the hopes that it would increase my ability to see. But the seeing had been commandeered by this—the system itself, not the particulars. It's not me that's fucked everything up. Yeah? It's the sense of being a me. Once I'm entertained, possibly I'm not that, the lens just went, opened up on its own. And then it would open up on other times, and then it, it revealed that there's no stopping it. There's no point where it gets locked into any aperture. It has the ability, just, like that. Yeah. And then what happens is now you're seeing and one of the first things you see is what you used to see from, which is this form of looking called self-centeredness. My whole life was seen from a point that wasn't anywhere near the beginning. It was way down the road. I thought everything started here when it's way back here. In a way. Of course, there's no back, but it was way back here. And when you're back here seeing, which you are at this moment, you see what's making, what's happening, what's claiming what's making, what's writing, stories, all that. You see it. And if you see it, there's got to be one moment it's going to transfer into, I mustn't be that if I can see it. It's not a statement, but it's a hit. You know, after a while, you I mustn't be that. And then what happens if you're not that? Your interest and attention gets freed from the slavery to that. Yes? So now it's not all about you anymore. Now your interest and attention... You can't lose interest and attention. What you do is you lose it in something. Yeah? So I lost interest in something, and that something was this selfing, yeah? this mind stream. Where before, my interest and attention was like a miner in that little stream, trying to look for fucking reasons why I haven't found gold yet, and then when I found gold, you know, just like I was panning for it all day in this little mental stream called selfing, my interest and attention. When it was relieved of that, what happens? It's, it, the interest and attention is what enriches a life, yeah? It's what you're attending to and interest in, it, yeah? And what happened is, my interest and attention, because it was absorbed in being a thing, it was very keen on seeing things. It was very into, it could recognize things all, all day, yeah? But one of its abilities, which I saw demonstrated when I was a kid, was still there, which was the living in the act of seeing nothing, yeah? In other words, there's a form of mind, I don't mean I, seeing, you know, I mean seeing awareness, seeing. There's a form of mind that is busily seeing nothing right now. That's all it is. It's seeing nothing. There's an inherent awareness, and it's, while it's seeing, it it never runs into a thing. When it sees a thing, it sees Nothing no-thingness, yeah? So it's an infinite way of seeing because nothing stops it in the seeing, because it never runs into anything, yeah? So doing your day-to-day living, is looking at things, yes, yeah, and things hit and then they bounce back to me, but the me they usually bounce back to is self, yeah? And this produces a very sick mind of self-importance, yeah? It's a
1: very small loop, so
0: everything I meet all day, my whole life, always comes back to the one thing, Oh, everything, no matter how great it is, this claims, it. oh, I had this great experience. You know. Oh, that sunset, oh yes, claims everything. What would happen if you entertain, I'm not that which I think I am, that attention will move right through this and will see its original face, which is no thing. Yeah? It will sense its original face, which is no thing. Then, that ability gets tickled, and now while you're trucking around during the day, there's a sense of presence that's produced by mind seeing no thing. Yeah? That presence is not produced, it's always available. But, whilst busily seeing things, what gets produced is the seeming absence of that presence. You forget about no thingness whatsoever. You have no fucking idea. If you call God is everywhere, why aren't you bumping into Him? Yeah? Yeah? If he's everywhere, all-powerful, omniscient, how is it that you can keep him out of your life? I mean, if he's all-powerful, then he must be super-all-powerful. If God can't introduce himself to you because you don't want to, I would say you're the more powerful God than that God. Don't you think? If I'm not feeling God and he's everywhere, fuck, I'm a powerful motherfucker God. I'm so powerful, I don't feel God. And being all powerful, I must be more powerful. Yeah, This is what the head does. It plays God. It says it in our program. The how and why of the whole program is to quit playing God. You don't see that as the playing God. Playing God into calling a form of looking, seeing, and, and saying, and making things real, and the unreal, and making no thing this unreal. You can't, I mean, you can't be more of a bastardization of God than that, where All the attention is now on things when all attention can rest in no-thingness. Well, fuck that. Let's get involved in things. So how are you going to get relief from that? Not as a self. It's a failed system. This whole idea, our whole, look at our society. Go to someone's house. Look at how many self-help books they have. If they're into this thing. And I bet you never read through a whole book. They always read a few chapters and get the next one and the next one. It goes on and on and on and on and on. Then it's sort of like, how to be in the moment. All based on this premise that you could be out of the moment. That's playing God. The belief that you can be out of a moment is a form of playing God. There's no escape of the moment. That's all there is. But our heads can live as if we're out of the moment. I'm so disconnected. I've got to learn how to get into the moment. Give me a fucking break. The belief is that you can be out of the moment. That's having devoted faith in that thing that plays God. That you have the sense that you can be out of a moment. With all the evidence that's contrary to that. You've never been out of any moment that you seemingly would. You can't. No matter how much you think, no matter how much you're thinking about the future, it's now. And when you arrive at that future date, it will be now. And every step along the way, it's now. Isn't it? And if you want to go into the past, good luck. There's no airports, you're going to land there. There's no five-star hotels. You can't go to the past. Bye-bye. But the future, you think you may arrive at someplace. But when you arrive anywhere in the future, it will be now. You can't escape the fact of this moment, if you want to even call it a moment. You can't escape that. Yet, the incredible arrogance of playing God, they guys, so are you, man. Believing that you can be out of the moment and then getting into this false trip of getting back into the moment is unbelievable. Yeah? Come on in, folks. What are you doing? Grab a seat. Do you know where you are? Oh, you do? Oh, well, tell me, please. Where am I? <laughs> <laughs> That's the whole point. We think we know where we are. That's the dilemma. <laughs> well, you jumped in a little late, but you guys are in recovery? Yes, yes, all right, all right. Yes, I remember yeah, how are you. Man? Yeah, I recognize you. You're smiling. That's good. That's good, man. Well, we're just talking about what we always talk about here. (laughs) The idea of, um, I got a nice letter from, an email from the guy in Sweden today. And it was really cool because he was talking about, he's had a big hit on the radical difference between obsession with self and identification as self. Identification as self is the feeling of you being obsessed with self. That feeling of you being imposed by this activity called selfing and feeling like you are obsessed with self, that's the real product to me of the disease. Yeah, That's the product, the feeling that I'm, something's happening to me, and that me is like so saturated, that is the product of the selfing. The selfing cannot produce a self, it can just imply one. It can't make it. Yeah, It can't, because you can't take, you can't take You can't. If everything is verbing, you can't make a noun out of it. Its nature is the verb. Yes. When the mind wants to make a noun out of something, that's neutering it. That's what kills the message. So, if you're sitting here thinking, "Well, I, I haven't gotten the message yet," and if you're waiting to get the message, that's not it. There is no you waiting to get the message. This message is not of time. You can come here in time when we're addicted to time through, we're using the poison in a way as an antidote to the poison. So we're using repetition, which is of time, yes, to be an antidote to the addiction to time. Because if you keep coming here and hearing this message, there'll be a moment that will not be of time that there'll be an aha, or like a sense of whack. Yeah, That's that, and that didn't take any time to occur. It was prior to time. Yeah. It was prior to it. So we're using time in a way to get to a state of, not to get to a state, but to, for the mind to finally come out of that time's slavery into the sense of no time. Yeah. And therefore, if it takes no time at all, you have nothing to do with it. And that's the beauty of it. Because if you're the one who had something to do with this message, you'd fuck it up. Yeah. If you had it, you'd lose it. You cannot help but do that. That's why it says in AA, we get to a point where we can enjoy peace of mind. Peace of mind is always available, but the ability to enjoy it may not be. Yeah? If you're addicted to time, if, if there's peace of mind, you won't be able to enjoy it because you'll be thinking it won't be here tomorrow. Or it's going to disappear any minute. Yeah? How can that be called enjoyment? Peace of mind has nothing to do with time. That's why you can enjoy it. Yeah. And it has nothing to do with you. That's why the enjoyment can stabilize. Yeah. So in, in recovery they talk about surrender, if you heard it. Yeah, it's a very... It's talked a lot, quite a lot in the program. Surrender yeah. is really when we stay in the admittance of our powerlessness, in a sense. Yeah. We've learned from listening to others and our own experiences in life that... Any life run on self-will isn't going to be successful. We're very clear about that it says we're convinced which means to believe with certainty. So now we we're in that state of powerlessness and you'll be funny when have you experienced powerlessness when you were exerting power right The only time I experience like powerlessness in life is when I'm exerting power. When I'm in, when I'm in the admittance of powerlessness what I experience is power. Every day, like a faucet that never turns off. If I stay in the admittance of powerlessness, I have a sense of power. Yeah? Now people, because the mind's playing God, they say they surrendered, and then they say they took it back. Now, I surrendered my will my life to God, but now that I went to work or got in a relationship, I've taken it back. Yes? Isn't that God playing what would happen, how can you take something back if you, if you if you gave it to something that was more powerful than you? Would it be, it would give it back to you if it wanted or not? How are you going to take it back? If you've surrendered your will and life over to a power greater than self, how are you going to be able to wrestle that away from that power that's greater than self? You're going to arm wrestle it? It's stronger than you. But this whole idea of surrendering and then forgetting is playing God is it? You're living as if okay. I turned over my life, but I'm going to take it back. You know? I was doing really great until I got a relationship. I took it back. You know? Now I've got to surrender again. And what happens? You surrender, then you then the, the powerlessness is forgotten, and you take the sense of being power, which is God, playing God. Then you what happens? If you're lucky, life conspires to give you a big Zen mid slap. Yeah. What happens when you get whacked and you wake up? You wake up to the fact, oh, Jesus Christ, I'm powerless. And then what happens? The power is accessible, yeah? Why not just stay in that condition? Surrendered, yeah? Instead of playing the game of the binary system of surrender, taking it back, having to surrender again, back, surrender back, why not get out of that window washer, windshield washer thing and just stay surrendered? When that happens, now you're in the state of surrendered, and no matter what the mind says, it's not—it's not your representative anymore. Yes, K. Paul does not represent me anymore. So when K. Paul saying, "Oh, you've lost, you've lost, you took the power back," no, 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 no. no you've got to go surrender it. No, I didn't give it. I didn't take it back. Why would you have to surrender if you never take it back? It would, it would create a state of surrender. That's called a quantum leap of, of mind, yeah. Not playing the game of, oh, I'm close and then far, or based on what you think you did. Who tells you how close you are to God? You. I would say that's God playing, isn't it? When who tells you how close you are to God? Your head does. That's the whole seeing of what's playing God. And it says you have to quit playing God. Or what? It's just, it's amazing. If you read the book, yeah, if you read the book, when it's getting into the, the third step, it says, the how and why and it says, first, quit playing God. And then it says, then surrender. Yeah? Turn your willing life over. But first, before you turn your willing life over, you've got to quit playing God. It has it in a linear lineup. So first there's a Quit playing God, and then there's the surrender to the higher power. But if you surrender to the higher power, identified as God, you believe you can take it back. Yes? So the first one is, is the preliminary to the third step the recognition that what's playing God for me was what's playing God is not me, so now I'm not beholden to that. Now there's a surrender to the care of something greater than self, because that's what surrender to a, something greater than self is, is not taking yourself to the self anymore. Yeah? And then you see what happens. When that occurs, you start, you're you in a state of I don't know, and what occurs is you find out about life. And when you find out about life, it's much more convincing than knowing about it. Yeah? When, when the goods start really being delivered, you know it there's an unspoken yes in there, and then gratitude ensues. And you have truly been saved, and you're aware of being saved. It's totally different than being saved. The fun of it is to be aware of that saving. Yeah? So in in the book, it says, perhaps there's a better way. Trusting something infinite rather than finite self okay, so you've gotten to the point in life that life is fucked, yeah, and maybe you're at that point where you go, yeah, I need another way perhaps there is a better way so okay, you're now going to want to leave this finite system because it says in our book why are you in so much fear right now and it says, isn't it because self-reliance has failed us so it's now just named the dilemma. Yes? Reliance on self is an unreliable system. That's why you seem to be in the condition you are. It's not your inherent nature. It's 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 a manifestation, yes? The mind is resting on something that's unreliable, and so what you you're just expressing that with anxiety and all like this, yes? So here, it says, okay, so perhaps there's a better way. Trusting something infinite rather than finite self. And it may sound really good to you. So now you start trying to get out of the system of self, yes? But if the system of self is its linchpin is identification as self, while you're thinking you're getting out of it, you're identified as it, yeah? So in other words, you're you're carrying the parasite at all times because you're identified as the parasite. Even when you're thinking you're leaving the parasite, you're walking as the parasite in a sense, yes? So even the system of recovery can be can be used to become identified as a recovered person, yes? So here, so perhaps there's a better way. All right, I'm going to try to leave, but I'm identified as that. So the problem now influences the solution, yeah? It's like a trumpet with a muffler in it, you know, one of those mufflers. You can't get the good high notes, man. So everyone identifies with all the descriptions of the problem, but they don't identify with... You have ceased fighting everyone and anything. You are now placed in a position of neutrality, with no thought or effort on your part, yes? The problem does not exist for you, for you anymore, yes? You're reborn. They don't identify with, hey, you'll feel this new power flow in, yes? You'll be able to enjoy peace of mind, you'll learn that you can face life successfully, and you'll, you'll feel the conscious presence of that power. They don't identify with that. They identify with all the problems, but they're not identifying with all the solutions. All the expressions of the solution. Why? Why is that? If they are possible, I would say it's because the identification as self hasn't been seen. So, if you're identified with a parasite, let's say, that is very hostile, you would naturally want to throw it off you immediately, yeah? But if it has convinced you that you're the parasite... The host can never entertain being freed of the parasite because it's identified as the parasite. Yeah? I found when I finally entertain the idea I'm not that, the next thing my mind did was I can be free of it. When I'm identified as it, the best I can do is therapy or let's get socialized so maybe I can have a one month long relationship or maybe I won't flip out to the next July 4th picnic. And These are these lofty goals i have. That's called living with the fucking parasite. Yeah? But if I'm not that, then when I see the problem doesn't exist for me, it stabilizes because it doesn't exist as me anymore. Yes? I'm not that. So what would be an experience every once in a while? Hey, I had this weekend when the problem didn't exist for me. And then the rest of the Week it does exist for me, and then I did another retreat, and it didn't exist for me. And it just becomes experiential when it could be a state, which is it doesn't exist for me every day because it doesn't exist as me. The, the difference in quality of solutions, mind boggling. If it's if it's existing as me, then every once in a while, if I do enough, it may not exist for me that day. But if it doesn't exist as me, that whole idea can stabilize. Yes? Long tracks of time living as if the problem doesn't exist for me. Because at that moment it's not existing as me. If it's existing as you, the best you can do is try to learn about it, therapize it, go back into its little ruminations of where did this all start? It's infinite up there. Once you get dealt with your family of origin in in this world, you'll be the Martian family of origin. It can make up problems. It can make up historical problems. It can create a neuroses in in half a second. (laughs) You'll never be, there'll be no never ending. When the the identification of self, this was going to be a constant urban renewal project. Never, ever finished. Never. Never. No peace of mind, ever. It was always going to be moving, seeking, seeking, moving, working, working. Yes? It's when you put... When you lose interest in the self, it's like you lose interest in the need to be liberated. And you actually live liberated. Not as an experience, but as a way of life. Yeah? You've been freed from that seemingly hopeless state of mind and body it's only seemingly, it only appears to be true or false to you, and it seems to be really true when you're in the identification as self. So if you had a cold and you really wanted relief and you went out and bought $300 worth of cold medicine yeah, and you took it every night and maybe you would get some relief, yeah? But what would happen if you misdiagnosed yourself? You actually have a flu, yeah? Now, colds and flu have some similar characteristics, but not all of them. You would never get a real radical relief, would you? Because you misdiagnosed. You didn't have a cold, yeah? You have the flu. That's what it's like when it, looking at it as obsession with self and identification of self. To me, it's just a clearer diagnosis of the real problem, yes? When I, because, and I can tell by the results that I was on to something, because I started to entertain this and about my ninth year of sobriety, and whammo, something started to occur. Some radical relief started to occur. And then, <coughs> this became a, a solution worthy of the name solution. Not a time-based little, like, reprieve from the chronic state of discomfort, but a real solution to that, yes? That had as enough, actually had more wind and more length than the problem did. When's there a solution that you found that worked like that? Every solution usually is exasperated by the chronic problem, yes? You may get a little relief, but the problem always reasserts itself. This solution outshone the problem. So if you're dealing with anxiety and fear, and you think that's the cause of your trouble, what's producing the anxiety and fear? Reliance on an unreliable system called self. Yeah. So mind is relying on a system called self. And when you rely on that thought system, that thought system presents you as what? A body. Yeah. When you think about you, don't you think about you as a body? Isn't that how the mind pictures you? And when you're worrying about you in the future, how do you picture yourself in that system as a body? So this thought system that we're relying on calls you a body, yes? How is a body gonna become spiritual? It's like grafting something on that doesn't doesn't take. It's like water and oil. <laughs> how are you gonna make a body spiritual? Yes? That's what happens with spiritual practice. You constantly have to be vigilant, but it always slides off very easily. And the God that you think you have never shows up when you really need it. (laughs) But if I'm spirit, yes? If I'm spirit, then I don't need to become spiritual. Because I'm already that. And it says in our program, our daily reprieve from the parasite of alcoholism, it doesn't say it that way, but the daily reprieve from alcoholism is contingent on the maintenance of our spiritual condition. What better way to maintain a spiritual condition than to be one? But instead of having one, if I have a spiritual condition, that means I cannot have it. Yeah? But if I am a spiritual condition, there's no escaping that fact. And it's a fact. Yes? A fact. That that overrides and outshines all the bullshit the mind will present. That you've lost your contact, I'm not spiritual, I didn't help anyone today. All that malarkey will be seen through. But if you're trying to have a spiritual condition, it really implies that you don't have a spiritual condition. And it will always go back to that, yes? When you have a spiritual condition, the next experience you'll have in time is, I don't have a spiritual condition. Then you'll have a spiritual condition... Don't have a spiritual condition. Have a spiritual condition? Don't have a spiritual condition. But what if you are a spiritual condition? It cuts right through that. Nothing your head says can convince you that you're not what you are. You have an immunity to the whole advertising campaign. Because the whole advertising campaign is based on you being a body. That's it. That's its main fixed reference. Everything circulates about that idea. Everything. If you're not that, the whole system spins out. And what happens when it spins out? What seemed to be claustrophobic becomes really spacious. Yes? Really spacious. Here, very claustrophobic, very spacious. It's like here in this room. Instead of constantly looking at the things in the room, you get the sense of the space in the room. What used to be the background becomes the foreground. You're actually living, seeing nothing. Yeah. It's like an incredible healing bomb that doesn't need to be healed, It's incredible. <laughs> and then when you do an inventory process, yes. I'm going to go into the AA thing, yes, sorry. We have some young characters here that support their endeavors, Yes. Have you heard about the inventory process? Yeah. In the big book. Yeah. Step four. I'm just going to throw this out there, because this is right out of the book. There's a part in the book, it says, being convinced, which means to believe with certainty, that self, manifested in various ways, is what has defeated us. Yeah. So this is very important to be convinced of. That self, manifested in all these ways, is what has defeated us. So he's separating two. Yeah. Us and self seem not to be the same. Yeah, Self defeated us. And so if I asked everyone in this room, what self defeated them, we'd all have the same answer. Everyone in this room would say, my self, yes? Yeah? My self. If you were in relationship with me, maybe this self defeated you for a little while, but basically get over it. But the my self, so it's not really the self that defeats us, is it? It's the my and why? So what does my mean? Mine's like claiming something. You know, this is my house. This is my money. My girlfriend. Yeah. And you notice, like say, you have a girlfriend or a boyfriend, and everything's going great, and then one day they become your girlfriend. As soon as they become my girlfriend, maybe stalking charges happen. You know, maybe, fucking, you think you can go on their email and see who they are talking to. Some kind of sense of proprietoriness happens. Yes? The my is the act of being identified. The mind is the act of being identified. Most people in seeing thoughts, they're in the act of being identified. They believe they're the thinker of the thought, yes? Or that they're about the thoughts are about them. Which they're not. They're about a self thing, a body. Yeah? So you're already cast into the act of identifying. Every thought is reinforcing that because every thought is held as yours or about you or about of your life, or about your world, or about this, yes? Everyone, everyone every thought that's seen is held as I'm the seer of it. Every action that passes through us is I'm the doer of it. Everything that's heard is I'm the hearer of it. Everything that's tasted, I'm the taster of it. Yes! This is called the act of being identified. Isn't it? So here in the book it says being convinced that self manifested in all these ways, yes? Yeah? And there's hundreds of ways it manifests. They just use three of the most common ones, which is resentment, fear, and harming other people. Pursuit of what you want. Yeah? So it says, being convinced that self manifests in various ways is what has defeated us. We will now look at its, meaning selves, common manifestations. And the next paragraph starts with the word resentment. So the whole inventory process of recovery is based on looking at the expressions of self in, in one's life. Yeah? How many times is it described that way? Very, very rarely. It's always about your resentments, your fears. Isn't that the act of being identified? If something that isn't you was expressing through this, and everything it expressed through this, when you became aware of it, you claimed to be yours, wouldn't that be the act of being identified? Yeah? That, to me, is the activity of the root of the disease. The act of being identified with what you're not. A parasite called alcoholism that's expressing through this. And every time it expresses through this, the mind claims it. Oh, that's my fear. That's my resentment. And then it writes stories about it. How much meaning does a fear have when it's someone else's? I may have some empathy, but when it's mine, fucking unbelievable. I'll be on the phone hundreds of hours talking about it to everyone who will want to listen, yes? Isn't it the case? <laughs> if you're sitting there, Andre comes here, yeah, and he starts talking to me, and um, he's describing, he's flipped out, really flipped out about what's not happening, because yeah, obviously it's not happening because I don't see it or hear it or feel it, but he's sharing it with me, and he's totally flipped out. Now, I'm not? I'm like Solomon. Oh, yes, bro, you should. Help this person go out and help and whatever. But I could have the exact same thoughts, and if they're held as mine or about my life, I'll be—I could be flipping out. Yeah. I have an immunity as long as I see the thoughts as his. If I see the same thoughts as mine, they have a huge effect, don't they? Isn't that the act of being identified? Yeah? When I see the thoughts as his, which is I'm not identifying with them, I have sort of an incredible immunity. When I see them as mine, they have this magical effect of fucking me up. Why is that? I would say that's the activity of the root of the disease. The act of being identified. And if you go back to the the system that is the source of the seeming problem, every solution from it is tainted. Every freaking one. They always have a very short time. Yeah, they may work for a little while. What do you think was the biggest solution you had to alcoholism? Drinking. Yeah. My 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 managing, yeah, I was suffering from irritability, restless, discontent, called active alcoholism. My mind managed or played God, and that's the biggest aspect. The first step, the living part of the first step, is the uh, managing, not the drinking. I haven't drank in 23 years, but alcoholism can still be active, by managing, playing God, yes. So what was my one of the first things my mind did to playing God? It had irritable, aggressiveness, discontent, and it says, "Let's get loaded." Yeah. So my solution was to drink to solve the problem of alcoholism. Isn't is amazing, isn't it? So it's sort of like I always use this this story, like just one day on a typical day when I was out there running around. I had a court date, yeah. and none of you have court dates, have you? No, no problem. But I had a court date. And uh, court date and going to jail was sort of synonymous, yeah. because a lot of times they'd go to court and they'd go to jail quickly thereafter. So I was afraid to go to court because I didn't want to go to jail. It sounded very logical. Man, I don't fucking want to go to this court date because, you know, they're going to throw me in jail. So I went to my Greek oracle once again. I relied on something that was unreliable. And I said, oh great one, tell me what to do. And so it did it, it took not it in half a second. Just don't go to court. Okay, wow, incredible, a solution. So the court date was three days later and I'm sitting at home drinking beer and it's nine in the morning and I'm thinking those jamokes are sweating it out at court and here I am, my solution works. I'm free from that fear, I'm not going to jail. So I'm driving my girlfriend's car at the time and I get pulled over. And a policeman comes up to the door and asks for my registration and license, and I gave it to him. And he goes back and sits in that car. I don't know what they do, really. It always flips me out how long they sit in the car. I mean, they must have a huge history, or whatever. Maybe they're looking at Porto or something. I don't know why. So then they if they come up to you and knock on the door and say this thing, you're going away, which is, Mr. Hedman, will you please step out of the car? So I threw a little alcohol tantrum. I didn't deserve this misfortune. I hadn't done anything. And I flipped out, and I said, why are you throwing me in jail? He says, well, you've got a broken taillight. I said, "Yes, yeah, so what? He says, well, I looked in your thing, and they issued a bench warrant. And I said, what's a bench warrant? He says, well, as soon as some, one of us finds you, you go to jail. I said, where did I get that bench warrant from? You missed the court date. So here I'm now in jail, right? And I have two court dates. Now I have to go to jail. So confronted with this situation in life was one court date, my solution, Produced jail and two court mates. Now, this was just one moment in one day out of one week, out of months and months and months of living on a bottom. This is called the root of the problem. What we're relying on is unreliable. Yes? The system of self. It's not personal. Any mind that relies on this system of being a body is, is going to prove to be unsuccessful to it. Yes? Why? Because it's not a body. You're not going to be able to get around that. So here, when I notice that, when I do the inventory process and I look at resentments and fears and what I did to get what I wanted, harming these other people, I get to see a pattern of what? Of self-selfing in my life. So I start recognizing the parasite. I start seeing the parasite. Yeah? When I see the parasite, it opens up the possibility of not living from the parasite. Yes. When I see the parasite... I there must be something other than that that's seeing it, yeah? Maybe just maybe I'm that. And as soon as my mind recognized I'm not that, it could entertain I can be free of it. As long as it thought it was me, it could never entertain being free of it, except blowing my brains out. Yeah. But as soon as I realize, hey, that's not me, I can be free of it. Meaning free, free. Not like being let out and always going back free. Like becoming a free-range alcoholic, yes? You don't have to go to the coop anymore. You've got free range in your life, yes? This is a possibility. How did that possibility become available? Not to a self. Not to a self. Self makes what's timeless time. What's always so and always available somewhere else at some other time. It makes a Everywhere like a hurdling event, and you're gonna to have to jump through a lot of hoops to finally get to that everywhere. Yeah? Everywhere is everywhere. Right where you are must be an aspect of everywhere. There is no special somewhere. We're not living in little gated communities that produces a special somewhere and knocks out, blocks out the everywhere and then we wanna have an experience of everywhere to bring back to the special somewhere. There is no special somewhere. Immediate, The immediate recognition of everywhere is entertaining what you're not. When you see yourself as not a self, then there's the sense of what you really are. It's in seeing what you're not, that's the sense of what you are. You can never see what you are, because it's not a thing. If you're looking for the truth, you're never going to see the truth, because the truth is not an object. Yes? The truth is like St. Francis says, what's looking is what you're looking for. If the you dropped out, and it would be what's looking is looking for, that's seeing. That's exactly what seeing is. What's looking is, is what's looking. What's looking is looking for. That's all that's happening here. Yes. What's looking is, is what you are looking for, that's the story of self. Yes? Take if the you drops out, what's looking is what's looking for right now. At every now that there's ever any looking for, that's what's looking. Yeah? And that's what he was trying to save us time. He said, that's what you are looking for, is what's looking. Truly the seeker is the sought. Yeah? How could that possibly be? I can't. Is that, what's looking? No, what's looking. But I know what's looking. It's me. Yeah, that's the dilemma. See? <laughs> Well, see, the seeing's been identified as me looking. That's why you can't find it. <laughs> you know what I mean? The seeing, and the mind claims it, and now it's you looking. It's the, it's the most, it's an incredible form of blindness, because while you have sight, you believe you're blind to it. That's incredible. I mean, people with blindness usually have blindness in a way, Physically. But we have a, a made-up blindness on the back of seeing. <laughs> While we believe it's me looking, we're, we're blind to the fact that seeing is all there is. It's incredible, isn't it? So, being addicted to a form of looking blinds you to the seeing. You're not blind, but it blinds you to the seeing. Yeah? Because you believe you're looking, don't you? But that's what you're looking for, is what's looking. Not you looking, but what's looking. It doesn't say who's looking, does it? It says what's looking. And there's the pause, you can feel it now, right? Who says a pause comes and goes? That's just a story of mine pause is infinite. It's timeless. You can live in a pause. Yes? While you're moving around in time, you can be living in the pause. Only when the self inclaims a pause, then it becomes time. yeah? And it always seems to go away too quick. But before it's touched by the interpreter, it's timeless. Therefore, it has no length not short or long yeah it's just an all available moment you feel it yeah I feel it now that pause can be sensed all the time you don't have to be in a calm and quiet place it's not available in one place and not available somewhere else it's always available at all times with no requirement necessary because there's no meaning of it it's prior to meeting meeting would take time yeah? It's prior to meeting. It's so close it seems hugely far. Because it's so close we can't see it. It's so right under our nose you can't see it because we're busy looking. Yeah? So I'm not saying stop looking, just if you can just entertain you may not be the you that's looking, then the seeing may become obvious, yeah? In a splash, you the wave finally realizes it's wet. Instead of thinking, it's going to have an experience of the ocean, and I'm going to know the ocean. If it gives up the idea of being a wave, it is the ocean. It doesn't take any time, yes? As a wave, it will take forever. It's never going to know itself as the ocean, because it's trying to know the ocean as a wave. Yeah? It's become identified. It's, a, it's let's say, a piece of ocean identified with a movement called selfing. And it calls itself, oh, I'm a wave. Yeah? So now the wave wants to get wet, (laughs) because it's living as if it's dry. Yet, if it just, instead of studying about how great the ocean is, just question, are you a wave? If you're not a wave, that's the ocean. You don't have to read about the ocean, you'll sense it. It's like condensed, all the scriptures of all time get condensed into a timeless moment. There's just an overriding wetness, and it's just so obvious, it's a done deal. (laughs) <laughs> you may like to read scriptures, who knows? There's nothing wrong with it. But we'll be pouring it over to find something because there's no need to find anything. You're as wet as hell. You've always been wet. <laughs> but I want to get this as a way, Wolf. Good luck. Once you make yourself an object to find, you'll never find it. Yeah? You are the truth. To make it a truth that you're going to find... As what you're not, that's the greatest way to hide it. Uh, My young Turks. (laughs) I'm so happy, man. I'll tell you. I love seeing. Because there is a solution, yeah? There is a solution. And its availability will just blow your mind. You can override every one of your ideas and considerations. It can outshine all that bullshit. It's just, what's causing it not to seem so clear is what's approaching it. If you can just see you're not that much, which takes it to be something approached, the immediacy will rush over you. And if not, come back to these meetings, because we'll just keep repeating the same thing. Over and over again. I've talked for 19 years on one subject.
1: <laughs>
0: and I've never shown up yet. I've been at every meeting. I've been at every meeting. I have 100% attendance record. I've been at every meeting that Paul gave. <laughs> I have. And I've been listening intently. Then, I swear to God, I listen more intent probably than anyone here. Because it's like it's just a giant download and it's just I put it to the test a long time ago. I went to these meetings, and after hundreds and hundreds of nights, coming here in all different conditions, losing my fairy princess, maybe going to have AIDS, all these totally no money whatsoever, as long as I just showed up and sat down, the truth just rang true once again, every fucking time. After a while, it became very convincing. Yeah. Or with all the considerations and requirements, none of them, unless they're believed, have any effect on what's actually going on. Unless they're believed. Yeah? False evidence is false evidence unless it appears real to you. That's the only way fear can get a hold of you, is your acquiescence to it. You're believing it. Yeah? If there's no belief in it, false evidence will appear to be what? False. You'll realize what's not happening is not happening. What more do you need to do? If something's driving you crazy that isn't happening, if you could really see that it isn't happening, would you be driven crazy anymore? No, no, no. You would not. It would be an immediate possibility of great relief. Because why? It's not happening. <laughs> I mean, it's not a giant dissertation. It's just not fucking happening. <laughs> what? But it seems like it's so real, exactly, to you. To the you is in incredible cahoots. It's like the movie isn't that good. It's the audience that makes it seem real. The movie sucks. If you ever get clear of this, isn't it the same old, same old? Have you heard, have you had people come over and talk about their self thing? It's boring as hell. I'd rather do anything, you know, do a laundry, anything. Oh, let me tell you what's not happening. I don't fucking want to hear it, really. Yeah, but to me, it seems great for 30 years, 40 years. Why? Because this is my story. My, my, my. It's boring as hell. It has no, it's not even, it's not Technicolor, it's not Panavision. It's the audience that makes the movie seem real. Not, there's no, there is nothing called an illusion. There is no thing called an illusion. There's nothing that has you bound. Nothing. It's an illusion, Yes? It's false evidence appearing real. What is the biggest false evidence that appears real? You. This is false evidence claiming to be you. This is incredible false evidence claiming to be you. When this false evidence appears real to you, as me, then you are just a sucker for every fucking thing else it spins out. You have no ability to see, because you're looking like this already, so this looks like, hey, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. I don't know, I fell upon something, yes, and it seems to, uh, over time, it, it echoes true. Yeah. So it's like I rode this horse. I didn't, obviously. But I've ridden it long enough, I have confidence. Yeah, And I have total confidence in mind. Total confidence in mind, not your mind, but mind. Mind has the ability to entertain. Yeah? It can entertain peace. It can enjoy peace of mind. It can entertain an incredible amount of no-thingness and things. But when it's saddled by entertaining its self, every time all of its ability to entertain is now defined by selfing. So instead of being able to entertain, I'm okay, it's I can entertain, I will be okay. It always has fucking time in it, doesn't it? I will be okay later. What about now? No, 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 I'm fucked up really bad. But I will be. When I get home and have my agendas and watch, you know, Road Warrior, I will be okay later. Yes? But you are okay, inherently. What's ever happened here has no effect on the space of this room. Have you noticed? If you look at this chair... i got to use my own stories here. Here's a chair. Yeah, let's say this chair has been here 50 years. A lot of important asses have sat on this chair. Incredible things have come from this chair, you know, talking and this and that. Yeah? Check it out. Now I move it. Let me move this chair. Now tell me, the only way you can remember the chair is memory, right? You're not seeing it anymore. And now, did I have to move space back in to where the chair was? Was the chair actually taking up space? You didn't see me, I move in, right? So obviously, the chair, and if I look at the chair, its ability to affect anything, what can it affect? Only other things, yeah? Like the, the floor, and if it hit the wall, it maybe left them off. But can you see, did it have any effect on the space? Did it take up any space? Yeah? So in fact, it's just an appearance in space in a way yeah without space you would never see the chair so now we took the chair and moved it what's the difference between me and the chair the chair's a thing yes yeah? this is a thing if I left the room the only way you would know me is by memory yeah because you wouldn't see me and now let's see if I hit this it would hurt me as a body right? but what about this can I grab the neck of the space? Can I, do you think this wall's taking up space? That if I we took this wall down, there would be emptiness, that there would be no space, and we'd have to get space in there fast? No. What about the sky? The sky's big and open. Fourth of July explosions, does it rip the sky open? When it rains, does the sky get wet? Or does the earth get wet? Yeah. What happens if a plane's flying through? The plane ever ever call back the terminal and say, "Hey, I ran into some sky up here." <laughs> it's just fine, right? Clouds come in, shit happens, light gets transmitted through it all. This, yes, yeah? that's what mind is like. Yeah. What's ever happening here doesn't affect mind. It affects conditional mind when the conditional mind takes this to be it, because it gives all this the flavor of being real. This doesn't give. Any flavor being real. The mind being identified as this in this place makes this place seem real. It's the mind. So here's the mind, open sky like space. Anything that happens here has no effect on it. None whatsoever. It's inherently clean and pure in and of its own nature. Doesn't get muddied by anything. Anything and everything can appear in it, but nothing affects. see nothing. It's awareness, just aware. Here, there's the unmanifest here, which I would call no-thingness. Then there's the manifest here, which is this. And then there's the mental realm, which is a tiny aspect of the manifest, but when you're identified as a self, it becomes hugely important. To me as an addict, the here I wanted to get out of was the mental here. The mental here had a lot of meaning about what I had done and what may happen. And I was scared shit of being conscious in this. I would do anything, like for me, as an alcoholic, I was willing to pay any consequence tomorrow not to feel uncomfortable now. I felt very uncomfortable now in here, but it wasn't the manifest here, it was a mental while I was trying to get out of here this was the real in the manifest here I was getting imprisoned (laughs) I was trying to get out of here in the manifest I was going to jail I was trying to get out of here in the manifest two years in Delancey Street trying to get out of here in the manifest three months in Project Return in the Bronx yes (laughs) I wanted to get out of here so bad yes I got imprisoned here (laughs) <laughs> and I'll tell you, this has more lasting effect, this manifests here, than the mental realm. Because the mental realm is not happening. <laughs> so, I, my whole life was trying to make what I thought real, to be unreal. Yeah? And as soon as I tried to make it unreal, it was as real as real can be, because it was only happening here. When I finally let it be as real as it wanted to be, it showed itself to be unreal. That was the freedom. Yes? The transcendence is being here. The manifest here. Yeah? Not the mental here, because I want to get out of there at all costs, but the manifest here. And in the manifest here, I can sense the presence of the unmanifest. I can't sense it in the mental realm. Yeah? There is no higher power in the past and the future. It's a present tense verb. It's only available now. Here. Not in the mental realm. So in the manifest here, consciousness is demonstrating something. Yes? And my mind can reflect. Yes? Just as easily things as no thing. I can reflect nothing. thing. Yes? I can sense a presence in the emptiness of the mirror with no image being reflected. Yes? There's a presence in that. So I can see things and make things and, yeah, yeah, and yet I can also see no thing. Not me. The I. And if you look at it right here, you're looking at me, yeah? So what, how would you explain that? You would say, I'm looking at Paul. Right Now, I would be looking at you, and I'd explain I'm looking at you. So here in this room, there's really only one thing going on. I is seeing a you. All different U's, one eye. Now you can make eight hundred million U's, but there'd only be one eye. There's only one eye seeing all of these Us. Yes? So when I'm looking at Corey, Corey's a U. When there's looking from Corey, Corey is I. But if Corey asked itself, who am I, she would say me. What's me but an identified you? <laughs> is it? It's an identified you. Just like this I seeing you as a body, let's say. That I, is not that eye; is seeing this as a body. Yeah? But I'm not seeing this as a body. I'm seeing, my mental process sees this as me. That's the identification as self, and that's the bondage to self. That's the bondage to self. I is active. Consciousness is seeing, hearing, feeling, tasting, touching. When there's a reflection of that, there's a little blip, and my mind takes it to be me—that I'm as this seeing. When it's not this seeing, it's I seeing. Yeah. When that gets corrected, that little mis- mis- if a little miscalculation in time and space can geometrically progress. Voila! <laughs> Look at our lives. Yeah. But if you go back and just see that calibration, and just I—yeah—that's all that's happening—is I. That's the freedom from the bondage of self. There'll be no freedom for me. There's only freedom in I. Yeah. So, there you have it. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. Any questions? We said a peace note. Yeah. You said these meetings that you do are saying like some kind of peace note. Is it really? I don't know. Did I say that? Well, whatever. (laughs) I can't be beholden to what's said because it's not me saying it. A peace note, for me, it's a pause. And you sense the presence. People who come here know. They can feel it, right? You sense a presence in the room that didn't seem to be available before. That's just, that's what satsang is, which means the association with truth, yeah? When, the, when, when there's a company of truth, there's something happens. There's a presence that's been, felt. Yeah? You want to call it a peace note or a still point or whatever. There's a sense of something. Yeah, that's. It's sort of like in AA, they say there's a loving God that expresses itself through our group conscience. So here's a group conscience. Yeah? And sometimes when we have these meetings, there's something that expresses, I would say nothing, that expresses itself through us so you sense so if you took each and every one of each of us maybe in this room we'd all be assholes individually let's just say Yeah. but together there's like a, a nice scent gets produced Yeah. because there's a loving we want to call it God that's expressing itself through us Yeah. this is what's actually happening all the time there's just like the parasite used you to express through there's another juice that uses quote unquote you to express through which one would you rather be taken over? You've had enough of the one. It's never going to change its tune. The parasite's going to suck you dry, and you won't die. Have you ever? Have you seen alcoholics? I lived in hate, and I've gone back there. The same people on the street are still there 20-something years later. They're not going to die. The parasite's not letting their host go. They're going to get abscesses and limps and no teeth, but they'll keep on cooking. Fucking alcoholics don't get let off the hook easy at all. You live a long, fucking desperate life. Going through rehabs and jails. You think you're going to die in a blazing? Watch what happens. I see some of those lead guitar players who are drunks and they're still wearing their leather outfits, but they're 55 years old now. Still living in the hate. Walking through the streets. This thing can let you go. Away! There's, uh, there's another power, greater than that, that can take, let's say, you over. I don't like the if you want a call like that, it's like a divine possession. Yeah? Same same. There's no stable you there. You're just whatever, whatever the mind is resting on, is that's what that's the form of expression your life is called. There's nothing special here. It's just my, different aspects of mind are expressing. If one aspect of mind is dominating, let's say that spacious one, your life will look like you're traveling a lot lighter than before. If it's the parasite, it's gonna be very claustrophobic. Yeah? You're gonna look like everyone else taken over by it. You. you go anywhere in the world, and you, why do you think you identify, do you identify with who's in these meetings? You identify with what's taken them over. Yeah? You've, li- lived, you've lived under the yoke of alcoholism. When someone else who has lived under that yoke shares <laughs> their feelings, their thoughts, and their reactions like, they're very similar to quote, unquote, your thoughts, your feelings, and your reactions. Because the same mind system took you over. That took me over. That's why we laugh at the same jokes. And a normal person would be like, oh, "What? what is this? Oh, this is unbelievable what they're sharing here. We're all like laughing like crazy. Because what? We identify. Yes? We identify with what's taken each and every one of us over. That's our common bond that leads to the singularity of the solution. If... If these aren't my thoughts and my feelings and my reactions, then whose are they? If they're not mine, you cannot believe how easier it is to travel with a thought than your thought. Fucking crazy. Your thought spawns tons of other thoughts all about you. (laughs) A thought just comes and goes. But your thought, it's like the beginning of a chapter in your endless book. Oh, So oh, there is relief, well, you know. There is a real relief. There is a solution. And it, it's an imaginary problem. <laughs> that's the solution. What? That's right. There's no reality other than what you give it. Alright, so. that's